Hey there, everybody. This is Scott Grimes. This is Mark Jackson. This is Patrick Cox. You know, Justin the Ogre. Hi, this is Jessica Zor. This is BJ Tanner. You are tuned into the Planetary Union Network with your host, Lieutenant Commander Portis. This is Joe Quickle. And I'm Michael May. And this is the return of Planetary Union Network. The official Orville New Horizons podcast, which is a fucking mouthful. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's been a while. Um, COVID. And then the show takes, you know, a while to actually shoot and uh, produce. But... Um, so we've got this new thing we're doing this season where uh, we're bringing a random fan. Um, we're not random, I guess. It would be selective. <laughs> um, and uh, so um, anyway, yeah, <laughs> speaking of that, if you if you pay any attention to the, to the Orville on Twitter, then, uh, you know, Johnny Reed, who is everyone's uh, basically favorite krill enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what I'm well known for there. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we're, we're we're glad to have you as our as our first. I, I gotta say, I'm I, I'm extremely excited and honest. Honestly, I'm I'm blown away that you guys even invited me. I really appreciate it. I mean, as you can tell, my voice is already shaky throughout the uh, <laughs> last couple of minutes. Yeah, welcome, Johnny. Welcome. It's it's really good to have you here. Thanks. So, um, as uh, we've kind of talked about offline, um, we have Mark Jackson on uh, this episode. His availability wasn't really conducive to having you know everyone on and able to talk to him. Anyway, everybody enjoy uh, the next fifteen or so minutes of uh, interview with Mark Jackson. The uh, Basically, the focal point of Electric Sheep. Now, welcome back, Mark. And actually, uh, as of today, you are officially our guest cast member that's been on more than any other cast member. <laughs> really, on this, on this, on the Planetary Network. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, third time. So we, we've had you each season. Well, listen, dude. I love coming on. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. So, what did you think of our first first episode? Oh, it's fantastic! Um, I, I I wasn't expecting to go through such an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, it kicks off just like it's going to happen for the whole season. You know, it's uh, particularly for Isaac. I mean, I know he doesn't have emotions necessarily, but you know, he goes on quite the quite the ride this season. Um, and I think you know the first episode really sets that up. Yeah, and this is uh, you know this is the second time we know that Isaac has shut himself down. Um, but uh, how, did, how do you feel about the uh, the differences and the uh, similarities in the two instances of that? You know, the first time he did it to kind of save the ship, didn't he? Um, and to to wipe out it was the EM pulse, wasn't it? Uh, to wipe out the rest of them. But uh, this time it was very much about removing himself from the situation. Um, but, you know, interestingly, both, uh, in both circumstances, 
he couldn't, it was the most logical step for him. For him, that was, that was the, the correct thing to do. Um, so I, I suppose he doesn't really see them very differently. We can, we can, under, we can see the differences there. Um, but he's quite good at rationalizing what we would think of as quite extreme actions, but to him just makes sense. So uh, non-spoilery season three, I know we're, we're, we're relegated to only talking about, about uh, episode one, but uh, the, um, how was it to uh, just in general work with, uh, with just uh, Seth and John Kassar as the only directors this season versus the uh, previous season with several different directors? Yeah, I mean, I, I've enjoyed doing both, really. You know, having new directors come in all the time brings fresh angles. It brings, um, you know, particularly when you shake it up and you have female directors as well and directors with different life experiences. I think it, it is good. That's a great thing to have. Um, but on a show this large, the problem with that is that they're coming in fresh every time. And it's it's quite the machine to just slot into so you know when, when we're working with just john and, and seth um there's an efficiency to it which is very welcome on this show i mean you're probably aware that this show takes a long time to shoot anyway uh so to have that momentum and uh to be able to rely on the two of them uh to be able to produce the goods quickly and to work with us closely and for the trust to be there i think is is really useful really helpful and it 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 lends itself to a great working environment yeah um speaking a long time to shoot i think uh i think it was um parts of episode four that were being shot uh when i i was um on set for about an hour back in february of 2020 yeah yeah. I mean, obviously the, pand- <laughs> the pandemic happened, but I think even without the time off for the pandemic, season three took about a year and a half to shoot, um, which is very long. <laughs> uh, you know, compare. I mean, if you're if you're thinking a normal one hour show takes a one hour episode on a normal or other show takes about two three weeks. We were looking at six weeks, you know. So it's uh, it's pretty crazy, but when you see the final result, what you realize is we've been making movies this season. I mean, some of those episodes coming up are like 120 on 30. So, you know, you're getting a lot of bang for your buck. Yeah. That's um, at least, at least earlier on, but uh, with the fan reaction before they started to kind of get into the, uh, into the reasoning behind fewer episodes, like you're actually getting quite a bit more content. You're getting almost, I mean, on some episodes, you're getting almost twice where you get on another show, you know. Uh, So it's it's great. I mean, they're movies. They really are movies. So uh, three seasons and three versions of the costume. How how did this one feel? (laughs) Well, listen, it's it's been a constantly evolving thing. Um, I mean, I think as you you can see for yourself now, it's... uh, it's visually, I think it's a great improvement. He looks really sharp and kind of, yeah, I mean, I, I think it really works. I, I enjoy it. Uh, it's a lot more moving parts with the new costume. 
So it took a while to sort of hone that down. And, you know, with Isaac's costume in the pilot, I couldn't see or hear or breathe. I mean, like, you know, it was that bad. So it's always been a kind of dance between comfort and aesthetics with Isaac's uh, with Isaac's, Isaac's outfit. And, you know, I've had to fight my corner, as all actors do when it comes to their costumes. But, um, yeah, I think with this this season, we've we found you know, a costume for Isaac that looks great, feels great, um, and works. And it's interesting because it gave me different restrictions for my mobility. Um, and it was those restrictions that in the first season that really led to the way he moves and to the sort of the way he expresses himself. So that changed slightly with season three as well. I guess I didn't realize um, we, we'd never asked the question about, uh, and we've asked the costume question really each season, but um, we never, we never touched on uh, that. It was the, uh, the season one costume that actually formulated some of the mannerisms. That's pretty cool. Well, I mean, it was, it, it was just what it was really. I mean, necess- out of necessity, uh, it happened. You can only, you can only move how you move within a costume. I think all actors for any part they ever play, they only really find the character when they put the, put the costume on for the first time, because the way it feels, the way they look when they look in the mirror, you know, it's, it, it really helps an actor get into the character itself. Particularly if it's like, you know, if you're doing a costume drama or you're doing, um, if you're playing a character that, you know, has a particular kind of dress sense, it's always, uh, it's always very, very, uh, very cool when you get into it for the first time and you realize. I mean, lots of actors will, particularly with theater, in fact, will rehearse in the shoes that they're going to be wearing for the entire run. Because that makes you feel different when you're wearing different shoes. You you walk different. You stand different. Maybe they hurt. You know. I mean, for girls, if they're heels, big heels, then it makes sense to uh, to wear them. Or boys. I mean, I've definitely worn six inch heels on stage before, so not ruling that out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, and and one of the one of the last questions I got uh, is um, you know kind of back to the pandemic stuff. Um, Whenever, I guess, whenever the, the the lockdown happened, you were still in LA, right? Yeah, I was. I was in LA because we were we were shooting because we were like only about four episodes in, I think, into season three, shooting season three, and um, lockdown happened. We were shut down for two weeks. I remember having a conversation with the producer saying, "Oh, it's just for two weeks, and then we'll, we'll get back again." Um, and then a week into that, the um, the states put a travel ban on what I thought was all flights coming from the UK. Um, so I went into like a panic because I had my sister's wedding coming up. <laughs> you know, I, I was like, "Oh no, I'm not going to be able to get back to the st- uh, to the UK." And I thought, "Well, I've got to go." Um, and oh, it was crazy. And then basically, like just before I had to like make this awful decision whether I go back to the UK and risk not being able to get back into the States to shoot more, but to get back to my sister's wedding, luckily she sort of, um, she postponed the wedding because, you know, the restrictions were biting. It was, it was, it was a very intense, weird period. And then I was, I couldn't really leave the States because my visa at the time 
um, meant that with the travel ban, I couldn't get back into the States. Uh. Um, and Biden only lifted the travel ban. I think it was, I mean, it was like late last year or possibly early this year. I'm not sure. Um, so, you know, my husband and my husband had traveled back and forth. Um, and he had to come via Turkey to escape the travel ban. Like it was all these crazy, crazy things we had to do to make it happen. And then bizarrely, I mean, brilliantly, in about June or May, about this time last year, my green card came through, uh, which meant instantly that both myself and my husband were not contagious as far as the American government was concerned. <laughs> And uh, we could fly whatever we wanted to fly. So <laughs> that was a nice relief at the end of it. Great. Yeah, I, um, I didn't know whether you, got, you you basically got stuck here during the uh, during the lockdown or you were able to make it back. But Well, I did, but getting stuck in L.A., you know, with a nice porch and uh, sunshine was a hell of a lot better than being stuck in the U.K., where we... You know, lots in London, particularly, no one's got like balconies or outdoor spaces, and and it was winter, and you know, like brutal. I think, I think I got off pretty lucky, to be honest. Yeah, and fair point. Because <laughs> there's worse places to be stuck. But uh... yeah, if I had to do it again, I would. <laughs> how's the uh, how's the reception been, as far as you're concerned? Uh, I have not seen anything negative, so yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's been great, and uh, I've I've seen I've seen bits and pieces of uh, of other episodes. Uh, yeah, I've, some of the stuff I've seen that uh, I definitely can't talk to the general public about. Uh, I, I think that everybody's really in for a treat too. Yeah, I yeah I, I feel like I feel like it's you know season two is such an improvement on season one, and I think season three is such an improvement on season two. I just think it's getting, I think the show's really fine finding itself and um, has actually found itself with this season. So, you know, if it does well, I don't know how these things work and we're not on network anymore. I don't know how it works with streaming because I don't think they release their public viewing figures either. Do they like to do with TV? I, I want to say that streaming does have that. I, I think every, if I remember how that works, every, um, every streaming device acts as a Nielsen box. Oh, so they really know. Yeah, I think they do. I don't know. Yeah. I just, so I don't know where they release it though. That, that kind of information. It'd be interesting to see. Cause I remember when the first season came out, it was all like, Oh, the figures, the figures, you know, like <laughs> within the first few days, it was um, like, that was talked about. Um, but yeah. Who knows? I think it will go well. I think uh, I think the fans of the Orville are going to love it, and I think now the big thing for us, big thing for me as well, is it's on Disney Plus everywhere around the world now, and that's absolutely huge because the world is now watching the Orville, whereas before it, I don't think it was, particularly in the UK, because it was on some obscure channel that no one had, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, I think that was probably the case around the world. So now it's on Disney Plus and everyone had Disney Plus already. Suddenly you've got people who have Disney Plus who've got it for their kids to watch um, cartoons and stuff. And then the Orville's on there for the dads and the mums and the, the whole family, really. So suddenly you've, you've got this whole new audience. And I think that's going to be quite transformative for the show. 
Yeah, at least with the social media, um, social media reaction, it's been the the show has trended on Twitter before, but I I don't recall it trending as high and as fast as it did as premiere night. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, that's, that's, that's all very good signs. Yeah. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, fingers crossed, as you say, I think, um, hopefully it's going to work. All right. Well, Mark, thank you for, uh, for, for joining us again. Um, you know, maybe we'll catch you again, uh, sometime this season and, uh, Looking forward to uh, to hopefully hearing about a renewal. Well, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I honestly don't know what will happen because, um, you know, we're sort of in char- un- uncharted territory here as we haven't been, um, you know, following up so quickly with these shows and the pandemic meant that a lot of casts went out of contract. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll see. All right. So what do you guys think about that? That that was great, um, yeah. I, 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 I don't know, Johnny. You have you have a couple of notes. Let me let me collect my thoughts. Uh, yeah, certainly, certainly. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing I really noted from uh, Mark's uh, interview there was I I do remember back in season one and season two when we were chasing ratings, you know, across the board because that's they were all released back then. Um, and I remember you, uh, Joe, you were talking to him about, uh, you know. <laughs> I don't know if we're actually going to see statistics. I don't know. Maybe you guys will see the statistics. I don't know if, you know, the fans and all that, if we'll all see that, but, uh, yeah. So after, after the chat with Mark a couple of days ago, I went and looked at the Nielsen site and they do have streaming ratings on there. I knew that every, um, basically every streaming device works as a Nielsen box, but, um, I, that's why everybody should make sure they're opted in. Right. <laughs> on the Hulu app, <laughs> yeah. Watch, watch it on Hulu or Disney Plus or wherever your international carrier is. But um, it didn't look like they had. They're very uh, fast to. Um, <laughs> didn't look like the numbers are the numbers are very fast to um, show up. So well, okay. And my understanding is like the streaming services all have that information, but what they're cagey about is sharing it with anybody else. I know Netflix is especially um, quiet about that. Like they don't share those numbers and I don't know about Hulu. Like maybe they, they share a little more than Netflix does, but um, I think that's where the, that's what the lack of transparency is, is from, from the the streaming services to anybody else. So like, I think they can tell the show, like whoever's running the show, like, okay, you guys did really good. Or, you know, maybe they share all that stuff with them. But um, we as fans don't typically see that information. Yeah. As far as I could see or find um, in my very uh, non-in-depth investigation into the Nielsen website <laughs> um, was a, a top 10 on the streaming services. Oh, cool. Okay. So I, you know, and, there were there were numbers rounded into the millions uh, of viewers, but um, individual shows I couldn't find. So mm, sure. that could be it. Well, hopefully, uh, we'll just know by the the show getting renewed for season four. <laughs> hopefully yeah. soon. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> All right, so. Um, 
I guess let's uh, let, let, let's get into it. Uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely want to dedicate uh, this episode, if really not the entire season, to Norm Macdonald. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys know? Do you, Joe? Do you know like how much he was able to to shoot or to record before he passed? He got away? all of it done. Oh, oh wow! wow. Um, I'm not sure if there's any truth in 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 something I read that he finished the remainder of his lines at home and, mm. and not at um, not at the studio ADR booth. But um, yeah, he completed his he completed his work for season three. Okay. Oh wow, well, that's cool! It was really good to see Yafit, um, and quite touching to see the, you know, very first thing on the screen in in memory of Norm Macdonald, and uh, so he was going to be hugely missed. That was the uh, the first thing that started tugging at the uh, emotional roller coaster. <laughs> oh, yeah, what an episode to dedicate! Oh my lord! Right, right. Yeah, not a not a ton of laughs in this one. There was some, but what a sobering episode! Yeah, but a great episode nonetheless, and a For really great sure. return. Yes, yes, yeah. It was interesting to like in Mark's interview. He was talking about how this episode really, he said, sets the tone for kind of how the show is going to be, um, which I think is really interesting and um, and and cool. Like I. You know, we knew early on in season one how kind of profound the show could be, and uh, um, it just—I don't know—it sounds like it really hasn't let up. It's just that's that element of it has gotten stronger as the show's progressed and just exponentially, boy, season over season. It's just it, it's yeah. gotten better, and it's just like for that kind of a season opener. You know, Seth's over here telling uh, JP from over at uh, Talking the Orville, he's telling him this is a show firing on full cylinders. And that man's confidence combined with that first episode is just like, oh, my God, what are we about to get into? Right, right. Another thing I was surprised by in in Mark's um, conversation was talking about like I knew they had said, you know, these are going to be like movies and they've always kind of been like movies, but they've been like hour long movies, but he's talking about, you know, episodes that are like an hour and 20 minutes or longer, um, which is just really crazy and exciting. Like I knew like the reason they went to Hulu was so they could have more room to tell the stories they wanted to tell, but I had no idea. I thought, you know, they're going to like, okay, we're going to cheat it by we'll go over like an hour and 10 minutes or something like that. But um, I'm really excited by, just you know his comments about how long some of these episodes really are like they are actual legitimate movie length like feature film length yeah um talking with tom over i mean now the past three years uh about season three um pretty much the indication of the it's 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 like it was like shooting and putting together 10 features yeah i could imagine and to kind of kind of segue into the episode like boy it just it comes right out of the gate um you know with this amazing kind of flashback sequence to the uh you know the battle of earth and uh it's just you know we made the comment when that episode aired just how much like like a star wars movie it looks like it just it looks that good it looks like it should you should be watching this you know in a cinema somewhere 
the entire movement of that camera from outside of the Orville to the exploding ship to riding yeah. down the edge of the hull and then through the glass. Oh my God. That was just, yeah. that, that's incredible. <laughs> that's something you only usually see on the big screen. Right. Yeah, it was, con- right. It was continuing the vein of, uh, it, it kind of went into star Wars starting with, um, uh, I, I, I calling back to a comment. I think I remember making a few years ago now with the, um, the, uh, the Kalon battle episodes where uh, we, we, we've now firmly moved into star Wars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like the, uh, the best, probably the best space battle I've ever seen on a television show. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, you know, we, it's, it's, it's fully star Wars, but it's also fully star Trek. It's like the best of both of those franchises, you know, combined. Somehow it seems to just stand out a little bit more just on its own. It really has gotten oh. on its own two feet lately. It's become its its own show, and I'm I'm excited to see what this comes and turns into. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it, you, like you can see the influences, but it is like any great piece of art. It's it's taking those influences and then doing its own thing with it, and it's it's got its own voice, um, and. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's you just, were talking about how long these things are. I mean, I'm excited because apparently there's going to be a two-parter for Krill. I mean, that's like that's like two <laughs> hours and thirty minutes of straight Krill. Oh yes, I'm I'm here for this. Yeah, I have a feeling that Johnny's going to be back. <laughs> I'm happy to come back. Um, so uh, new um, newly recorded uh version of the intro score and new uh intro sequence what do you guys think about that one it's impressive man i the um all of the stuff with the dockyards um was super cool like we got a lot of kind of establishing shots and exterior shots of this just incredible very busy dockyard as not only the Orville, but all these other ships are getting refitted and, and constructed. Um, and, uh, I like how the new, the new credit sequence starts off there at the dockyard and, uh, and spend some time there. And then the, uh, the ship kind of goes its way. Um, the detail on uh, there is just incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely incredible. Um, and the new theme is, I mean, not, not a brand new theme, but it's kind of a, I guess a remix of the theme, um, is, is really great as well. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's, it's more, I mean, nothing at all wrong with, with the theme as it was. Um, it was very majestic, um, before, but I don't know. There's like a, (laughs) there's more of a somber tone to it, you know, it's got a reset, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this whole episode has like upgraded this season. (laughs) The music is very somber and, and, and moving throughout this whole episode. And, uh, and that seems to apply to the theme as well. I can't imagine hearing that recording live, you know, just watching them on the, Oh man. So we've got, um, we've got new characters. We've got old characters. We've got new upgraded costumes and shiny floors. That uh, lab set. That I, I, I know we. 
I, I uh, meant to rewatch season two before watching season three, and it just snuck up on me, so I didn't get to. Do, have, have we seen Isaac's lab before this, or is that new for the season? I thought Maybe it was that new. is new. Okay, all right, that's what I thought. It's it's um, hard to it's hard to remember exactly because of being on set a couple of years ago. I'm like, is that? I remember seeing this, but I don't remember. He had, that was a yeah, he had some kind of lab, but I don't think it was. I, th- I think it was a different lab, and it was yeah, like, not where he was making the Aronov device uh, adjustments and all that. That was just a smaller, I think, yeah. sort of a utility lab. I think now he has a full astrometrics lab, right? And engineering yeah. is looks like crazy bigger and and super impressive as well. Course, so cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it you um the uh, the set for that it, that you actually can walk through that. It is oh my god, a full. It's actually it yeah there. That's that incredible. Was, I mean, obviously the core is part of the VFX wizardry, but mm-hmm. the uh, yeah the rest of that is a practical set. Oh, so I don't get to see the whole thing in a quantum stasis field? Is that what you're telling me? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much, sorry. That's a disappointment. Yeah, some things are are movie magic, you know. They're certainly making it on this show. You talked about new characters, so... Um, one of the early scenes is in the mess hall, which is one of my favorite sets, um, just because um, we, uh, we we you know that was when we got to visit the set. That was uh, a place where we took our picture, and I just I really love the the mess hall. And um, Isaac has to go in, and uh, he's got to get out of his lab for a little while because Lamar has some some stuff that he has, has to do there, some systems checks. Um, so Isaac goes and sits down, or he asks if he can sit down at this table, and uh, everybody says sure. But then, as soon as he sits down, they get up to leave, um, and then one person comes back, and uh, her name is Ensign Charlie Burke. So, played by Ann Winters, she's the new character this season, um, and uh, I don't know, I don't know. I, they uh, will find out she does not like <laughs> Isaac very much. Um, and, uh, but I don't know. What, what were you guys thoughts on Charlie as, as a character? It definitely, definitely. Um, how do I, I'm just trying to think of how to say this in the nicest way possible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, if you're if you're a uh, I guess if you're if you're a fan of uh, of of Isaac, she doesn't come across as someone that you'll like very well. Yep. But yep. That yep. was she. Yeah. She definitely has an issue with uh, with Isaac. Very forthcoming about it as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. say the least. And I don't like really the way that she handles, like, you know, she comes back and she sits down and it's almost like, oh, that was really rude. Well, she does say, she goes, that was really rude. And she's almost like trying to befriend him, but knowing that she's going to like try to make him feel bad and try to like stick the dagger in. So like right away, she's like 
you know, um, I know she's got a she's she's got a streak. She's got a, she's she's got some <laughs> stuff going on. Uh, Charlie does, um, but there's certainly two sides to every uh, every story, right? So yeah, you know, while yeah, we're watching the story of Isaac. You know, others might agree there. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of people that agree with Charlie. Like, hey, look, why yeah. was he ever powered back on? Why is he even on the ship? You know, I'm sure yeah. we can find a Twitter t- Twitter thread that has that in it somewhere. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just um, didn't, and um, I, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly it, but uh, didn't we sort of learn that uh, that her and some of those others that were at the table were potentially just the surviving crew from another ship? Yeah, she definitely is. She tells this story um, about losing her best friend uh, on another ship, and which I'll, I want to talk about in a minute because that's. Like the only negative thing I have to say about this episode has to do with that flashback. Um, but just my thoughts on Charlie. I like Charlie. I like her a lot, which I think is really surprising considering how negative she is about Isaac. But like one of the things, like the show is so well written, not just with Charlie, but all of these characters are so complete and nuanced. Um, and like you can see her point. You can see why she's this angry. And you can see, I mean, even you know, she'll talk to Mercer about it later on. And he's like, you know, I don't know that I disagree with you. Like I, I made this decision. I'm not even sure it's the right decision. Um, so I don't know. And I kind of like admire her for sticking to her convictions. Um, even like, you know, we're jumping ahead now, but she's willing to like lose her job. Um, over this. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so, you know, so I like, I, I don't know. I admire her for it. And kudos to Ann Winters for like really coming out there and oh just my gosh. your first episode on this show. You've already got two seasons behind you. You're stepping into these kind of shoes and just yeah. coming out and nailing it with that kind of a performance. It's like, okay. Yeah. 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 I think a and, lot of, I think a lot of people were um, iffy on the casting when, when that came out, but hopefully that's, that's changed some people's minds. That's certainly put the rest by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She definitely is holding her own with all the other actors on there. Um, and I like the little character quirks that they gave her. I like, you know, her little thing about how much she likes pancakes, but no no syrup, no fruit. Um, the weirdest thing about that, though, <laughs> for me, she's drinking water with it, which is like, why? I don't know. I'm a milk with pancakes guy. I don't know about you guys, but uh, <laughs> drinking water with pancakes just seems really weird. <laughs> <laughs> much weirder than leaving off the syrup. <laughs> I think I'd had like at least an orange juice or milk, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't think I'd have gone for plain water with breakfast. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Um, very, very dry breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> but she's like, she's got Arizona this, breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> she's got this thing where she can visualize four dimensions, um, which is, you know, we'll find out later she's uh, she's the new navigator, and that's very handy um, in her navigational capacity. Um, so she's—I don't know—she's just got a lot of really cool kind of quirks to her. She's like just right out of the gate. I'm curious where she got that as well. Like, is this like he? You know, Ed mentions later on. I know that might be jumping ahead as well, but he mentions later on it's like a once in a a generation gift. Yeah, so it's yeah. something that just happens, like at least in the Orville universe, is this something that occurs like every once in a generation? There's a, a human born of that kind of capacity. Yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know. Like, I don't feel like it's, they don't talk about it as if it's some kind of magic power. It's just like something right. she's just able to do that. Just something about the way her brain is wired that she's able to, to, to think in those ways where most people can't. Um, so it's really cool. Makes her a really cool navigator. Um, I love the scene of her kind of flying the drones later on. We'll talk about that, but um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I really dig her. I really dig her. I'm, I'm really interested to see what her character arc is going to be. Like, you know, she's not going to end the season as angry as she started the season. Like that's, that's no way. Not the way this works. So well, I'm angry. Really, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe who knows? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like, you know, they always like to give us little twists and turns. You know, I've, yeah. I've found at least five episodes where the ending's just like, Oh my God, this is not what I expected. True. She could be a villain by the end. We don't know. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. Team up with Charlie's there on with uh, Priya. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch that whole series. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> this is like a very strange version of time bandits. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That'd be awesome. <laughs> um, but I mentioned the uh, the flashback sequence that I don't really care for, and it's just it's a pet peeve of mine. Um, like we we see this flashback, and um, it's you know their ship is under attack by the K line, it's being destroyed, it's about to blow up. They get into the shuttle pod, and they can't get the doors closed. They can't get the pod to launch. So one of them has to go outside and manually release the shuttle pod and it's just the biggest pet peeve of mine because it, it happens to bad design <laughs> all every science fiction show has this where you have to go outside to launch the shuttle pods like why wouldn't you just put that on the inside of the shuttle pod um or maybe like or a even, time delay you know when you when you like pull and and crunch yeah. that thing you know you've got like <laughs> six seconds to make it back through the door to before the door just shuts on <laughs> why not why not this yeah. is like ikea like right at closing time just shoo, just yeah. no way <laughs> yeah so i didn't i didn't care for that and i just i didn't really i don't think that um i don't know i would have liked to have seen more argument between charlie and her friend amanda about who was going to go sacrifice themselves like you know charlie tells isaac that you know the look in her eyes told me that there was not going to be any argument about it and i just i didn't i didn't feel all that like actually watching the scene unfold i um i think maybe actually this would have been more powerful if they just had not shot the actual flashback or just let charlie tell the story you know and just we're we can imagine it as she's telling it um maybe tell it with that audio you know just the audio in the background mm, mm. yeah yeah yeah, like audio of just like the the ship exploding and and yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that would be cool. That would be cool. That's uh, that's my one criticism of the episode. The rest of it, I adore. Um, so I'm I'm glad that it was early and uh, I could just sit back and enjoy the rest of it. But um, she uh, you know, she continues to be really, you know, uh, mean. I guess I don't know if that's the right word even, but she's just very harsh with uh with isaac um and closes by saying if i were you i'd stay the hell out of the mess hall because it makes people sick to look at you and uh she gets up and leaves and then we see uh tala she's kind of there to the side she's kind of observed this interaction 
Yeah, I felt uh, I felt like the scene was incredibly powerful. Let's put it that way. Um, it it yeah. kind of shocked me. So I I, I kind of know what side of the the opinion I am. You know, I'm the the opinion that maybe that's a little harsh. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, or even maybe you know, maybe not even that it's harsh, but at least you know, as a, as a union officer, there's a certain level of uh, uh, dignity and respect we treat everybody with, even the enemies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as Captain, as Ed says later on in the the episode. But, uh, you know, I, I did find it absolutely refreshing, though. You know, it's not every day you see, like, a character introduction on a show where it's just, it's so in your face. You know what I mean? It's like, boom, this is this is what is happening. I have this firm opinion, and it's not changing. And it, it didn't. <laughs> you know, kind mm-hmm. of a spoiler to the end here. But, you know, <laughs> it still didn't. So it, it's nice to see, like I said, she's incredibly forthcoming, incredibly direct. Uh, I, I appreciate that kind of honesty a lot of times. Yeah, right. She's not like acting one way to his face and and you know another way behind his back. Like you know, she she is leaving no question about how she feels about this guy. Don't worry about uh, uh, potential spoilers towards the end of the thing because if somebody's listening to this and they haven't watched the episode yet. <laughs> Pause your podcast player and go watch the fucking episode first before you listen to this. Yeah, amen. Absolutely. Um, And another thing about that scene, too, which is really incredible to me, and I don't know, I've watched that episode like three times now, and I I still don't know exactly um, where all the credit goes. I think it's just a mixture of things from the music to Mark Jackson's performance to the editing is the way it's shot, but like you really, I feel horrible for Isaac in this scene. And he's just sitting there. Like he's not, oh God. He, you know, you know, he's not, he's not moving. <laughs> and, but he manages to kind of convey that he's almost like shocked by it or, or, or you know, I don't know. Um, and, and Ed will say something later on, which kind of really resonated with me about Isaac, which is that he's kind of this blank slate of a character. He, we know intellectually he doesn't have any emotions, but he's also this kind of character we can project our own emotions to. Like, so I know how I would feel in that situation. And so I just, I feel horrible for him. I feel, you know, just like really, um, I guess, anxious and, and uh, embarrassed and sad for him even though intellectually I know that he doesn't actually feel the way that I feel, but it was remarkable. Yeah. Mark's Mark's performance as Isaac as always just, I just can't say enough good things about how incredibly impressive it is to be able to put that performance through when you can't even see the guy's face. Right. Right. Absolutely. I mean, you, you see him, you see his face in one episode for like 10 minutes, but that beyond that, it, it's just nuts. It's nuts. Something about his body movements, the way he tilts his head, like after she mm-hmm. gets up, it's just like the way he's like looking off just like down the hallway, like considering, should I leave or do I just remain? What's the, you know, but <laughs> it, you know, right there, you know, like you said, Michael, like, you, you kind of put yourself there, you know, he's kind of the shell that we, we put ourselves in at that point. And I, I'm in the same ballpark there. I would feel just straight up humiliated, just embarrassed. I'd have got him and left like, and, and 
just him sitting there. I, I could never even picture myself just sitting there with all those eyes on me after just being right. told something like that. Right. Yeah. And like, you know, I wonder like, okay, what's going on in his mind? Like, is he just taking it? Is he just, is he internalizing? Is he thinking about it? Is he just, is he thinking about some math problem <laughs> that he's been working on back in the lab? Like I have no idea, but, um, but I, I imagine the worst. Um, so then, but he, he does go back to the lab and there's another shocking thing. It's like right before the opening credits, um, somebody has painted the word murderer all across the wall, which was a shocking image to me too. Like, like talking about how, you know, Charlie is, you know, not quite as, uh, um, I don't know. Is it professional the right word? Like she's just, she's, uh, she's acting in a way towards Isaac that we're just not used to seeing, um, on the crew. And, um, and then to see that either her or somebody else has actually vandalized the ship, um, in this way, um, was another shocking thing. It's like, Oh crap. There's like, there's some big problems <laughs> on the and it wasn't right, right off the uh, right off the start though because it's like you know she's been so direct this far like mm-hmm. what, what does that accomplish for her nothing you know mm-hmm. but the the joy of attempting to like sort of press Isaac's buttons that he he didn't have that clearly gave her nothing so I think that led into some people thinking okay the murderer might have been her but I, mm-hmm. I was pretty sure like if she was gonna do something like that it'd have been right in front of it. Yeah, you would have just seen her spray paint murderer on ice. (laughs) (laughs) On his back, yeah. (laughs) On his face. (laughs) Yeah, or his face, yeah. Here's that shiny new armor of yours. Yeah, yeah. Another thing about the credits, which happened right after this, is I was really, I I like the new kind of effect when the the Orville goes into Quantum, and it's, it's kind of like a little, like a little ripple, like a little wobble. Um, yeah, which I thought was just really neat. Badass. <laughs> it's yeah. really badass. Yeah. I mean, truth be told, the VFX team has, has just been showing off this entire episode. <laughs> um, and I, I, I got to say, I'm here for every sweet moment of it because like they deserve it. You know, like yeah. you could clearly see when we were, you know, with Fox that, they they had some great ideas that they wanted to do, but you know, you're on broadcast, you're limited by budget and time, but mm-hmm. now they are just, they're just the, the, the doors have been thrown open and they're like, here's what we're doing. And they're yeah. just taking, you can tell at each moment when they're just taking time to just show you, Hey, look what we can do now. <laughs> right. Right. Super yeah. The cool. checkbook was on fire. On fire, <laughs> on I. But that, but see, then think about that. You know, everybody out here with these, you know, the, the rumors of the past. I'm not even going to speak them to bring them up. But you know, like Hulu doesn't throw this kind of money at a production and let it just roll for three years. You know, if, if they don't think that there's any chance of going on, and then we're we're looking around at the international drop now. The the VFX are spectacular, and the show is certainly speaking for itself. So I, I think it's going to be interesting. We're one we're one episode in. We've got nine more of these things, nine more movies. So I, I I'm really excited for this. Yeah. Um. I, I I thought I read a headline or maybe a tweet or something, and and cut this out if I'm just making up stuff. But did I read somewhere that McFarlane is is going to take a little break after season three just to kind of maybe do some other things or? 
Um, but, you know, we obviously need to get the renewal, so we'll see how that goes. But, like, he's got – he's always got a hundred different things going on at one time. But uh, right. Ted is going to be starting uh, production soon, I believe, or might already be started production. Okay. I know that um, – and Scott is uh, is on that. Okay. I've, I've seen other interviews as recently of his, uh, I, I believe with JP maybe, where he was saying, you know, if if the audience is, is there and the appetite is there, he'll he'll do more, you know, which, you know, coming from Seth MacFarlane, he can, you know, juggle 15 or 20 things, I'm sure. True, true. All right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I just misunderstood whatever it was I was reading, but I've, I've got the feeling that even if they immediately got renewed that maybe they wouldn't jump right back into season four, like immediately that maybe there was a couple other things he wanted to get on. Hey, we're all very patient. True. True. Yeah. I mean, it, it'll wait take, another year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it, it'll take time. I mean, obviously they're not even, they're not shooting right now. Right. Um, right. I hope that staircase is uh, complete and stored somewhere. Oh, <laughs> that staircase is awesome. Every piece be, of that. Yeah. That's, and that was in um, that was the staircase was also in American Horror Story. Right, oh, that's I right. <laughs> um, so I gotta so ask, how was it on set, guys? Like, just I know it's off topic, but you guys have been to set, right? Like, I, I guess yeah. that's gotta have been amazing, right? Like, just walking through there. Yeah, and actually walking up that staircase was like oh, really yeah. cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing how, like, how much it is like being on the Orville. Like, you know, that, that, how, like, I don't know. I didn't imagine that the sets, the different sets, like, actually connected to each other as well as they actually do. Um, like, you're going from one deck to another, like, right yeah. out the bridge to the stairway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That's, that's excellent. And they use, they, they reuse, um, some rooms as other rooms, like uh, right. you know, they, they they don't have uh, as many bedrooms as they have crew members on the set. They, they, re, they redress them, right, right. But uh, yeah, but so speaking of the bridge, so um, after the credits, we're on the bridge, and uh, this is where we find out that Charlie's a new navigator. She's sitting next to Gordon. Um, Tala calls Ed and Kelly down to the lab and uh, um, as they leave, the camera kind of lingers on Charlie because we know why Tala's calling them down uh, because of this, this vandalism. So again, like, I don't know how seriously I thought that Charlie might be the one, but definitely the, the, the episode's kind of like teasing, like, ooh, is it her? Um, and uh, down in the lab, so... Tala says the vandal covered the tracks pretty well, but she's on the case. And I like how she takes responsibility for the security breach. She says, this is on me. Um, and I like how Ed doesn't uh, kind of make an issue out of it with her. Um, but uh, I don't know. You guys have any thoughts on? on that? Tala gets it done. Team Tala. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So uh, then, so Tala tells them about the incident in the mess hall. And so Ed calls Charlie to his office 
and uh, she denies vandalizing the lab. And again, I just I like the respect that Ed gives her. He says, "You're a union officer. You've given us your word. We believe you. Like we're not, we're not gonna pursue it any further." Um, but uh, they have a really that good discussion. Minced words, minced words no. up to this point either. So. Uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> Um, but they, they discuss Isaac's reinstatement, um, and, uh, Charlie is, you know, she says permission to freak speak freely. And then boy, does she, um, <laughs> yeah, the, um, the, the, uh, whatever word you want to use here for this, the gumption or hoochpah yeah. that, uh, <laughs> she's got to uh, yeah. to come at, to come at the captain like that was yeah and i'm i'm curious to see if she's going to be that way about everything which is cool if she is like i mean that's that's total respect um but some of it is just she feels so passionately about this that she just can't keep quiet about it she can't hide her feelings about it and i just i'm curious to see as we get to know her more like, is she just that way about everything or is she just that passionate about this particular thing? So I wonder if Ed often wishes he'd, he'd like just get punched by Tala, like instead of all this other crazy <laughs> mess that goes on, <laughs> on the fridge, you know, like, man, I could have been the captain that just took a punch, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is where Ed talks about not being 100% confident in his decision. And, uh, I just, I, I really like that moment because we've seen this from Ed before that he, you know, he's very, he's very transparent, um, in his, like in his flaws, like he's not captain Picard. He's not even Kirk. He's, you know, he's, he's not always, uh, sure of what he's doing. Um, but he, he makes the best decision that he can in, in, whatever situation is. And, uh, and then he'll talk about it with Kelly later and, uh, and they'll figure out if it was the right thing or not. Um, but at least he always tries to see it from the other side. Right. You know, he always tries to see both perspectives. He doesn't just, you know, hit one and move on with the opinion. You know, he, he wants to hear from both sides. He wants to understand why both sides want what they want or don't. Yes, absolutely. Which I think is a strength as a leader. Like I think he's, you know, absolutely. He's probably one of his best qualities. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's an excellent captain. And, and part of it is this kind of willingness to see multiple facets of things and, uh, and to consider things from different angles. Um, so it's very cool. And I, you know, like back in season one, he kind of, I don't know, there was kind of a big deal made about like how he wasn't really sure if he deserved to be a captain, like, you know, we found out that you know Kelly had kind of pulled some strings to help him get there. And, and so he's got like this self doubt um, about himself. And I think it's, well, I know I see it lessening kind of as his tenure on the ship progresses, but you still see, I don't know, like the benefits of that, that self doubt that he's, um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. He, he's not really, he's not questioning his own decisions kind of, in any kind of damaging way, but he's just willing to, like we were saying, weigh the um, consequences. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's definitely, he's definitely that kind of captain and, and he's definitely been, 
you know, growing more and more confident in himself, you know, since the whole revelation that Kelly kind of got him his job. But I think he's realizing more and more, you know, as, as honestly, as the crazier and crazier crap gets thrown at him, he's just kind of getting used to it. I think. Yeah. He's kind of acclimating to the position like, well, this is what it's going to be, you know? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, And he is a strong leader. Like there's a point at the end of the conversation where it's clear, like, he, this discussion is not serving a purpose anymore. He's not going to change Charlie's mind. So he just, okay, you're dismissed. We're done. And uh, so, yeah, he's still, he, I don't know. He knows what he's doing. He knows when to, um, when to be done with a discussion. Um, so we get a lot of scenes. Go ahead. Sorry, Joe. Oh, no, no, go, go for it. I was going to just say enter Yafit, but go, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Um, we have a lot of scenes throughout this episode of the engineering team pulling out panels and and just you know doing the refit, which I, I like. Um, it's something that probably I think would have gotten cut, um, you know, if this was still on network TV. Um, but uh, but yeah, enter Yafit in a spacesuit, which is just fantastic. <laughs> Because it's like a humanoid spacesuit with Yafit's face in the helmet. <laughs> well, it took me a second to realize that's what it was. I was like, wait a minute, is that Yafit? In a suit, he's got hands and everything. What, was it even necessary for him to be in the suit, or is it just because that's Yafit? Right, I don't know. Can he, like, is he, like, susceptible? Like, does he need oxygen? I mean, he's a pile of goo, right? Like, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Why, why would he need oxygen? But maybe he, maybe he does. And maybe, or maybe something else about the vacuum of space that, you know, would that, yeah, I guess it could rip them apart if it's, or it's yeah. just Yafit. I mean, why wouldn't he? he's like, guys, I'm going to just wiggle into this spacesuit if you don't mind. Like, Oh, Yafit, every time you do that, you get stuff everywhere. Like, you know? Yes. And I love when he comes back into, he just, <laughs> the suit just drops and he just kind of oozes out of the helmet <laughs> and leaves the suit on the floor. <laughs> could have at least hung it up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, but out there on the whole, they, uh, they talk about the, the pterodon. This, uh, is they're asking like, when's the pterodon coming? And, and we get to see Gordon, uh, flying it, um, into the, uh, into the Orville. So what'd you guys think of the pterodon? Very cool. New <laughs> fighter. Oh, I feel like it's a jet. Yeah, it's like it's like a Star Wars thing, right? It's like it's like an X-wing fighter, or you know, like a Viper from Battlestar Galactica, or, or something. It's like their one-man combat fighter, which I think is absolutely really awesome to have on the show. I think we're going to need some explanation that we'll probably get in a later episode from like, well, okay, we're carrying these now, or all like mid-level craft and above now carrying a, a Terodon aboard. <laughs> yeah, well, and I feel like maybe some of the bigger ships probably have you know more. Than one oh, yeah, the like a whole wing of them. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's cool that the Orville gets one, and um, and that like the best pilot in the fleet is there to fly it, which is you know that's awesome. Just Krill once again influencing the Union decisions. You know, yeah, every Krill right. ship has fighters. Yeah, yeah see, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because that's it was reminding me of like Gordon in the Krill fighter right during that battle, and just how much fun he was having. That's exactly what it was. He went to yeah. Union. He went to the admirals and was like, "Guys, guys, look! 
<laughs> we need one of these. If they've got it, we've got to have it. I mean, come on. Yes. Yes. Um, Jenny, you want to talk about the uh, how close to the dockyard? <laughs> I was, I was going to let you lead on that, but yeah, that that that's one of my things. And uh, Brandon, uh, Brandon, and I actually uh, discussed that on Twitter. Um, you know where the 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 test scene with the drones and all was extremely close to like active traffic, and you know. <laughs> I joked around with them and said that, you know, the, the dockyard workers must be pissed. You know? <laughs> but like, what are they going to do? It's the heroes of Earth, right? Like, it's Gordon. Like, yeah. what are we going to do? Tell him to stop? No way. He just, you know, partially helped defeat the Kalon. Um, but, you know, they, you know, Brandon met, mentioned that he had pitched it without live fire from the jump to uh, Seth MacFarlane. But uh, Seth wanted the, the explosions and the pew-pews. So, like, yeah. that's where we got that. <laughs> I am all for the pupies. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, we if you want to sacrifice some, you know, like in-universe continuity or whatever to, to to entertain, I mean, that's what it's there for is to entertain in the end, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> sacrifice it for the pupies. Sacrifice it for the pupies. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, for the Gordon Docks and... Uh, Charlie's there. They kind of talk about the Terradon a little bit. And um, Isaac comes up in conversation. And so that kind of turns it to they're talking about the reinstatement. And we find out that Gordon is not super thrilled about the reinstatement either. He's not letting it eat him up the way it is Charlie. Um, but we also like, um, I don't know, that was a little bit of a surprise to me. Yeah. Uh, same. But, same. You know, because he's always kind of joked around with Isaac and you know, they've, they've pranked each other and stuff. And, uh, but, you know, I get it like that, you know, I, I think it's good to have main characters on the show having some reservations about this because it kind of lets us know, well, okay, it's not just the new people who are um, having a problem with this, but even some established characters who we like and respect uh, are also questioning this decision, which I think is, we may be looking at a, uh, sort of a more serious, more direct Gordon um, in season three, for all we know, um, mm. you, you know, he kind of comes out the gate with the, the sort of no nonsense uh, uh, attitude. Uh, I wonder, you know, are we going to see the, the laughy jokey Gordon, or is this more of a post Kalon battle? I'm, I'm no longer the man I used to be, you know, I'm now this guy uh, sort of Gordon. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. That the scene in particular is like that. Um, I mean, he, he does have a couple of lighter moments earlier, like uh, um, <laughs> how much in he the appreciates. Right? Yeah, and he's got the pterodon, and uh, I like the scene where um, earlier um, Kelly was saying that Lamar is working too hard, and and she ordered Gord to take him out and get him drunk. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I love my job, sir. <laughs> love my job, sir. <laughs> is that uh, an order? <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. Yeah, yes, it is an order. Love my job, sir. <laughs> and he's just typing away on the console, like, "Yep, this this is the life." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's not like completely serious the whole episode, but he does have like this conversation in particular. But I also like it. It feels really like him too, where he's not gonna let it consume him 
like he calls it masochism. He's, you know, that, that Charlie is just like, you know, Gordon's uh, strategy is just to kind of ignore it. Just, you know, try to keep his distance from Isaac and just kind of pretend that everything is normal. Um, whereas Charlie's like, no, you man, you got to stay angry. And Gordon's not super into staying angry. So I, I like that he's, you know, he is more serious. And I really do hope that we get more of him kind of continuing to grow as a character. Um, but I also like that he's, you know, at his core, I think he's pretty chill. There's no way they introduce a, a fighter craft like that. And we don't get to see more Gordon. There's no way at all. Gordon is going to be in that thing showing off very much, very, very soon, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's cool because he... You know, it's cool that he flies the Orville and, and he has pulled some really crazy maneuvers off with the Orville. Um, but the Pterodon's a whole other thing. Like, we're going to get to see some really crazy fighting, I hope. I hope the VFX teams just have shown off as much as they have in that episode a whole yeah. season long. We need <laughs> right. the eye candy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I must have rewatched these things five or six, seven, eight times by now just, just to see the details in some of the ships that are going in the background, even like mm-hmm. they, they just, there's so much going on. Yeah. And the sound design too. Um, yeah. It's just, uh, it's all so good. It's also good. Um, back in engineering and uh, Isaac and Lieutenant Turco is the, they're working on the quantum field and I don't, Ooh, I didn't remember promo. her. So what was she before? Ensign, Ensign Turco. She was the one okay. with the cupcakes, man. Cupcakes, Lokar? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is what happens when I don't rewatch this, the, the previous season. <laughs> but that's awesome. I like her. And now I'm kind of wanting to go back and, and pick up her, her uh, scenes from earlier episodes because uh, I like that she's she's cool working with Isaac. Like she's just they're having a conversation and and you know, not everybody is against him. Well, I expected her to be, she's like sort of the cool, cool side of the pillow. So yeah. she's, you know, generally friendly with everyone. It seems. Sorry, yeah. Jeff. Good. I wonder how, um, wonder how her and Lamar's relationship are going though, because there's a, there's a spiny <laughs> person in the, uh, yeah, in, Lamar in, is, in, uh... In, uh, well, I mean, you know, if she got promoted, doesn't that put her into a, a different class now? She can't like in inner office dating or whatnot. But I, I think that's mostly just John. You know, John John doesn't do uh, doesn't do strings. I mean, they even seemed confused about it in the bowling alley, right? Like in the the bowling alley scene when Isaac was like, "You two are dating, correct?" And they're like, "I don't know, are we? You know, <laughs> what are we doing?" He's like, "I don't know." Like, all right, that's fine. Um, but Claire and Ty come in and they're, they're checking on Isaac too. And, uh, um, just because of the whole vandalism incident and Claire looks very nervous around Isaac, but Ty is not, he's very friendly with him. He's just, he's, um, he's cool with, uh, with Isaac. Um, and after that we have, uh, the, the Pterodon shakedown. So we have Charlie flying the drones this is where she find out. We find out she can visualize four dimensional geometries, um, and I just, I really like how she kind of uses the control panel. Like, I don't know the Ann Winter's jo- uh, performance here. Like she's, she's almost like playing a musical instrument, just the way that she kind of 
taps the uh, the control panel. She doesn't look like anybody else that I've ever seen. Um, just kind of you know just pushing buttons. Like she's actually, I don't know. I'm, I'm making motions with my hands that you guys can't see. <laughs> but she's playing it, which I just think is really cool. Like it's it's an artful kind of a uh, uh, way of controlling the ship. Yeah, I like how she matches Gordon's energy too the whole time. Yes. Like they're just kind of going back and forth with the banter. Like I, that's, that's going to be so great because they sit on the bridge together, you know, like, right. but even now, you know, they're sort of like, you know, trash talking one another, like, okay, here we go. And, <laughs> and then she plays another chord on her, you know, console organ that she's got going on there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I could do this drunk. Come on, bring it. <laughs> like the, okay. The, Kalon inspired inspired functionality there in the birds or the drones or I, I mean you know I call them birds I think that's that's a lot more fun so we're, we're going to call them birds for now but I like you know, when too. the things crack open and they spin around and start firing behind each other like that that is certainly a a Kalon functionality going on there so yes. it seems like Isaac's had some help or influence here and do you think um so were those I like the word birds too I think that's what uh. Ed calls them at one point. Um, yeah. Is that the same thing that it's like kind of they're using the, um, they helping to open up the ship and like you see them kind of flying around with the engineer crew to like use the tractor beams to like pull panels off. Is that the same piece of yeah, equipment? Yeah, it looks like different? it. Yeah. I just think design. the center like, like pops open when it's ready to like turn yeah. into a blaster. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's kind of like Isaac's head. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that thing's going to, you know, fold back and there's going to be two blasters right there. But yeah, like that's, I think those are the same ones that are, you know, tractor beam and everything. And then whoop, they snap open, spin around and turn into training drones. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. So tr- trouble in the Finn household. Yeah, for sure. So we, we, uh, Tala calls Kelly down, um, because she's figured out who vandalized the lab and, uh, it's a kind of a techno babble explanation that really it doesn't matter. Um, but she figured out that it was Marcus uh, is the one who spray painted murderer. Um, so they call Marcus into Ed's office with uh, Kelly's there. Tyler's there. Um, Dr. Finn's there. And um, I love this whole conversation between Marcus and his mom, because he, he says, if you're so ready to forgive Isaac, how come you guys aren't back together? And Claire makes it very clear that she, she hasn't just completely forgiven him. Like she's struggling with it too, which explains like why earlier she seemed a little bit nervous around him. Um, but uh, I don't know. These two just, always really sell their performance for me. I mean, all the whole Finn family always does. They've always felt yeah. like the Finn family, you know, like, and even now with, you know, both of them growing even so much more, um, mm-hmm. But you know that that whole discussion, I did. I felt that I was there for that. BJ Tanner, man, he he gets a lot to do in this episode, and that young oh man, my God, does it. yes, he is so good. He's so good in this. I mean, he um, got tossed around in an elevator to start, and now he's like, <laughs> you know, like he 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 runs the gambit of like acting categories. You know, like okay, here's the action, here's the drama, here's a little bit of humor. You know, like uh-huh. the whole gambit through that episode. Yeah. 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 I'm very impressed with him. Um, yeah. Th- I'm not going to say anything about it yet, but the last scene of this episode is just fantastic. He just does a great job. Um, 
So anyway, Ed says that he's going to let the punishment slide as long as Marcus agrees not to do it again. And Marcus reluctantly agrees. And uh, then Claire calls Isaac to her office and takes him to the Finn quarters to apologize to Marcus. And um, Isaac's apology is, I am sorry to have caused you distress, which Marcus takes offense at the word distress there. And it was earlier in the mess hall when Isaac and Claire or uh, Charlie were talking, um, she took offense at Isaac's use of the word event to describe the Kalon attack on earth. And it's just, you really see how Isaac can't talk about things in emotional terms. So he can't really express the severity or the impact of what he's done. Like he, he, he doesn't, he, he doesn't get it and he can't express it. Um, and so he kind of understates it. And uh, cause he's just, he's just talking very kind of matter of factly about things that people need to feel some more emotion from him some more, like if they're ever going to try to forgive him, they got to feel like he's sorry about it. But when the guy says, I'm sorry to cause you distress. Like that's just, that's a huge barrier to forgiveness. So um, Marcus doesn't react well. And uh, he, he says, I wish you were dead. It kind of brings us into the, uh, in, into the, the kind of bummer part of the, uh, <laughs> part of the episode, really. Right. But, right. Um, Shocking yeah. part of the episode, but yeah, yeah. Definitely, yeah. definitely classic qualifies as a uh, bummer. Yeah, like we have just some scenes of Isaac kind of wandering the ship, and uh, and again, just Jackson's acting plus the music plus everything else that's going on. Just he seems very thoughtful. He seems very lonely, and uh, then we see we're in the lab and he's working on something. And he's he's kind of making all these recommendations for upgrades and stuff, and then at the very end, he says, "I offer my best wishes to the Finn family." And he reaches his little tendrils into this device that's sitting on the lab counter. Um, and it turns red and then zaps him and he falls over dead. Um, you always know when he's about to do something like, re- like make a really bad decision. Yeah. Uh, when he goes gazing out a, uh, a window <laughs> on the side, you know, right. he's like before this, he just kind of gazed out the window. And I don't know if you noticed, but in like identity, uh, when he had, uh, the, the picture that Mark or uh, that Todd kind of, uh, drew right. for him. Yeah. He's like, just kind of looks out the window for a second, looks at that and then just throws it. It's like every time he, he stops and looks out a window, like something's <laughs> about to go down. <laughs> Good observation. <laughs> but why does he do that? By the way, is that like, see, that's where Seth and the whole team always keep me kind of guessing. Um, uh, you know, like, does he have emotions or doesn't he? Like, is this something that was programmed in that's just kind of resurfacing in the newer models because the, the K-Lon don't know that? Or uh, is emotion just something that's logically, as easily logically defined as ones and zeros Yeah, as anything else, you know? It's such a good question. And it's it's a question the episode is asking because, like, there's a point later on where somebody makes a comment about, I didn't realize that this was affecting Isaac the way that it is or something. and and Dr. Finn says, I never believed that about him. I never believed that he was emotionless. Um, and so in her, her theory is that he, he does is experiencing some kind of emotion. Like, you know, the episode where they started dating and he, or they broke up for a little bit and he missed her. 
and the way he expressed that was very kind of mathematically and and uh you know kind of in terms of the effect of programming on his systems but the end result was still that he missed her so um yeah i don't know i don't know and ed has this uh comment later on at the funeral where he talks about how we you know um we all kind of what is it i wrote this down he says something about uh Oh, I can't find it in my notes, but um, it's just something about how like Isaac celebrated with us and he grieved with us and, um, and, and maybe he didn't actually do those things, but we kind of did it for him. Like we experienced emotions for him. And so like, it was what I was talking about earlier when he's sitting there in the mess hall after Charlie's just, you know, just laid into him. And I'm experiencing humiliation for Isaac. Um, so like that's that's one theory. But then Dr. Finn would have a different theory. Like, no, some way he actually is experiencing it himself. So um, and I love that the show so far hasn't really answered that question, but we can kind of all think about it and, and come arrive at our own conclusions about it, which is exactly what Ed says at the funeral as well. I think in the end, that's what we're supposed to do is kind of, you know, put ourselves in Isaac's shoes mm -hmm. and see things from the multiple perspe perspectives. And Isaac kind of gives us a weird one at times, you know, like here, he's just like, I'm sorry to have caused you distress. Like who yeah. apologized like that? Like, right. Right. Does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It's, um, like a, it's like the, I'm sorry you feel that way kind of apology. <laughs> Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Um, but later on, so I guess shortly after this, um, we, we get a lot of great discussions about suicide um, in this episode. Um, there's a lot of great discussions about how people process it as, uh, as, as somebody who knows somebody who has committed suicide like how do we process that um but then also there's a great com well i don't want to don't want to get too far ahead but um but claire has this great conversation with marcus um where i don't know he's he's actually it's just her talking to him he's uh pretending to be asleep and and <laughs> once she uh calls him on that he just he insists that he's okay but um, but she talks about how Isaac made a choice. He said it was the wrong choice, but it was his choice alone. Like she doesn't want Marcus to feel responsible for what happened. Um, and then right after that, there's a scene in the conference room where Claire and Kelly talk about Claire's feelings for Isaac. And uh, um, I thought this was really powerful too. Claire says, I've been banishing all thoughts of Isaac for so long to ignore the impossible reconciliation of who I knew him to be and this terrible thing that he did that now that I need to feel something I can't. And, uh, um, Kelly shares with her, uh, <laughs> Ed's philosophy of, um, if, uh, if a place you kind of brings a memory of a bad relationship, then you just ignore that place. So you ignore that thing that, that triggers that memory for you. But, Kelly thinks that maybe that's actually what 
Claire needs is to kind of have those memories awakened in herself. So she can kind of figure out, does she love Isaac or does she not? And, uh, and then there's a whole other thing that Claire's frightened of. If, if she does love him, then what does she do with that? Because now he's gone and, and there's nothing to be done about it. So, you know, Penny's performance all the way, like oh my gosh. up to here has just been like just as much of a roller coaster as everything else. She's had to deal with so many different situations from like, you know, the, the fallout of all of this on her children. The fact that one of her children is now telling Isaac that he wants him dead, you know, and then to then have to like turn around. And when you sit down and finally get a chance to be alone, now you've got to contemplate the whole like romantic involvement of the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not even the last part of it yet. Like, <laughs> she's still got more layers and she just, you know, she just portrays this so effortless, effortlessly, you right. know, it's just, it's incredible. She's so good. Um, yeah, I, know, I, know we, I know we've already touched on the memorial. So yeah, the, uh, yeah, the, the simulator part of it where um, basically just goes back to, back to an empty table of where they once spent, uh, spent their date. and Yeah. She goes back to the simulator to recreate the restaurant where they had their date. Um, and before, well, when she gets to the simulator, she finds Ty in there and right. he's made a simulation of Isaac. And, uh, and I love her kind of gentle correction of him. She's really worried about him. Um, and talks about how um, that, cause he says, well, you know, Isaac's gone, but I can, I can still talk to him. I can recreate him on the simulation and, 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 you know, he's not really gone. She goes, no, he is. She's trying to, to explain to him the difference between reality and, and the, the entertainment of the simulation. Um, but she says it can impede the healing process. And she says, I've treated patients who've developed real problems using this room to hold on to somebody who's died. And Gordon, yeah, you remembered something that I didn't remember, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, that was the whole, uh, point of lasting impressions there. Wasn't right. it like, yeah. You know, just Gordon falling in love with somebody who's been dead for 400 years. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, but then when Ty leaves, then Claire simulates the restaurant. And I just, I love this scene and I love how just nice and long it is. And it just gives Penny a lot of time just to kind of act and just to kind of breathe in the scene and just like, she walks around that table like a full time, just kind of like trying to decide what she's going to do here. And then she, she finally sits down and then breaks down. Um, but honestly, I, for me, it was the hand. It was when she finally sat down. Right. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, you, you wouldn't have got this on Fox. You know what I mean? We wouldn't have had this kind of time, you know what I mean? No. She could just spend like that. What was that full minute and a half? Just like alone in that restaurant. And when she sat down, and you could just see her look through her hand and it just, it just moved like to reach back out to him from that, uh, from a happy refrain or whatnot. Uh, where, mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was just, you know, that, that, that I just lost it at that point. I, I was no more good. She, she conveyed everything that I would have been feeling in that moment, you know, had yes. I been placed into a situation like that. Yeah. It was, it was gut wrenching. Um, and yeah, and you're exactly right. Like we never would have seen that whole thing play out the way it did uh on broadcast tv like you know we might would have seen her go to the restaurant and break down but the whole just the, the way that scene breathes like 
It just that's no giving her the room to actually express that. No, not yeah. at all. You know what right. I mean? Like, yeah, we might have saw a quick bit, but that's what we needed to see. That's what really you know makes this thing sort of cinema. It, it drags you in. It, it makes you part of it. Like you're going to experience this crushing moment that you know Claire has now come to realize that you know it's too late or. You know, all the questions that are running through her head. How is she going to move on? Mm-hmm. Amen. So after that, we're, uh, the retrofit's finally done. And uh, the Orville leaves the dockyards. And this is just another nice, long shot. Again, you know, this would have been cut down uh, to, to, to put it on network. Sweet, TV. sweet VFX. But just- yeah. <laughs> and the, the music is so majestic and it really reminded me of like star trek the motion picture which i like that that's not a compliment probably from a lot of people but i really like star trek the motion picture <laughs> and uh and one of the things i like about it is it, it has all of these just kind of really majestic shots of of uh you know the enterprise um in flight and and you know all of this and that's what we get here and uh so i just i really love this whole part as well you can certainly tell where all the inspiration, you know, obviously comes from these other, you know, sci-fi shows, but like, you know, exactly like you said, the, the detail in these shots, the, the way the Orville pulls away, I mean, just mm-hmm. everything about it is just the, the VFX team is showing us exactly what they've been wanting to do all along. And I'm here for every second of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then... We're in the Mars quarters. And this is the uh, the spiky woman that Joe was talking about yeah, earlier. Kind of, kind of going to be talking yeah. about me. Sorry. <laughs> we we kind of learned that that uh, that Lamar is an indiscriminate lover. Yeah, yeah. So she is. Uh, she's the Keeley, which is the, the third time I think a member of that species has appeared. Um, there was uh, there was one in prison with Ed and Kelly in that zoo. In the second yeah, episode of yeah, season that one, was, um, uh, the character's name was uh, Lurinick, uh, played yeah, by Brett yeah. Rickaby. He was the uh, Brett was the was our second guest. That's right. That's right. After yeah. Jason the Troll, right? Justin the Ogre. Yeah. Justin, Justin the Ogre. Jason the Troll. Oh man. I hope if, if Patrick right, everybody can this, hashtag that right one, now. Jason the Troll. <laughs> Jason the Troll. Justin the Ogre. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, we had a couple of the Keeley delegates um, at a Planetary Union Council meeting in season two. So, uh, and, and she's played by Alexis Knapp, who was in all the Pitch Perfect movies. Um, so I don't know. I, I never would have recognized her. Um, under all the makeup, but she's great at it. Like she's like, she's not just kind of this weird alien character. Like she's, she's very human. Like she's got a lot of humor. She's super sexy. Um, but uh, like, I kind of want to see more of her and, uh, and Lamar together. I, although I don't know, like the way the scene ended, maybe, <laughs> maybe we won't. Are they like going steady or something? Cause it certainly didn't seem like they were, uh, they were an item. Yeah, probably not. Cause like, she was surprised at uh i think this was their first time together for sure right clearly <laughs> uh, but he had her little rock candy lollipop ready that she her species likes i guess that's like their cigarettes after sex or something but, uh, <laughs> um, but uh but we get another interesting conversation here because she goes for the lollipop she finds this fork that isaac had apparently given um lamar as a birthday present and i was trying to remember was this an episode like i don't 
I don't remember this specifically happening. Um, no, uh, Isaac giving him the, a fork for his birthday, but it seems like something that we, we might would have seen. Um, no, definitely not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it certainly it certainly fits right in. Yeah. Um, but they end up talking about Isaac and her name is Aurelia. And uh, she's, she's kind of curious about how the human crew has reacted to Isaac's suicide. Um, and she has a really interesting perspective because on her planet, they see life as an option that not everybody opts in for. And so when someone decides to opt out, they're just kind of okay with it. And um, Lamar really can't understand that perspective. And uh, he, she calls it a personal decision. And he says, it can't, it's not a personal decision. He says a personal decision is whether or not to shave your beard, because if you decide wrong, then you can just let the beard grow back. It's, you know, no harm done, but, uh, but with suicide, you don't get to change your mind once you've done it. Um, so I just, I know I, I thought that was again, just really well-written and, and just indicative of the show being willing to look at these very serious issues from more than one side. Um, which I just, that's one thing I really appreciate about this show. The show never feels preachy to me, even when it's dealing with some really serious stuff. Um, you know, going all the way back to the, uh, the, uh, the, is that about a girl? Right. It, yeah. it definitely sort of gives yeah. you a, a problem and lets you sort of like, here's the, the, the sides of that story. Which side are you on? Right. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, including like whether Isaac is a villain or not, you know, it's just kind of like, I, I don't feel like a lot of Orville fans are probably going to say, Oh no, Isaac is a villain. Like I think we've been spent too much time with him for that. But, um, but with most, these issues, you know, it does, it, it kind of like the crew has their perspective. I think the show has this perspective, but it's also willing to present the other side of it um, and let the other side kind of make its case um, without demanding that you reject that case necessarily. Um. But so at the end of that conversation, it really uh, talks about the importance of memories um, and, and remembering people after they've passed on. And that gives Lamar an idea. So he rushes off. He says, stay as long as you want, but I got to go. And I love this. He runs into engineering in his bathroom. <laughs> Leave it to Lamar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that, but yeah. He, uh, he certainly doesn't, he's got an idea and he's going for it. Nothing's yes. stopping him. Right. Um, so he opens up Isaac, removes his memory core, and then he has Unk smash it open. Um, and uh, Unk, so Unk was the alien who gave smash. Mortis. Smash. <laughs> yeah, so Unk smash, right. <laughs> but he's the alien who gave Bordis the porn simulator program <laughs> back in season yes. two. So, so is anybody else surprised that Unk actually still has a post on after that I'm i mean i was surprised that Bordis still had a post after all of that yeah, so Bordis can stay uncan too right <laughs> uncle must be really good at his job really good at his job he's got something going on yeah. i sure wouldn't want to clean up a bathroom after him that's for sure 
Uh, or, or it's just that he has, you know, since he's the black market uh, porn simulator distributor on board, he's probably got dirt on far too many crew members. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason he's on board. <laughs> um. But Lamar scans the destroyed core and he finds this subatomic backup memory, basically. Um, but in order to turn it on, they, they're going to have to use the computer, but they can't trust the computer to um, not make mistakes if anything goes wrong. So they need somebody with the visualization capacity to work in multiple dimensions. So I wonder if that sounds like anybody that we've met so far. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So Ed goes to Charlie and asks her to help, but she refuses. And um, um, I don't know. You guys have any thoughts on on this scene or are there discussion? I liked his I liked his (laughs) um, comment because I felt kind of the same way. He, He says this thing you do where you act like you have some kind of monopoly on grief is starting to wear a little thin. And, and that is definitely how she's been kind of doing like, Oh, I lost Amanda and not to diminish her grief, but you know, Ed has lost people too. everybody on the crew has lost people too. And, but a little um, overzealous. I, yeah. You know, she's yeah. a little too pitchforky, yeah. not enough, you know, talking, you know, like, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I think pretty much yeah. uh, after, after the, uh, after that, after that battle or war, really, I think everybody in the entire union lot <laughs> lost somebody. At yeah, least absolutely, exactly. Yeah, which is Ed's point. And he's like, you know, you you just because you lost somebody doesn't mean you're right about this. And uh, right, like he watched his uh, former uh, what was it, the academy instructor Marco, mm. get blown apart before the war even really kicked off. So mm. you know, how do you think Ed feels? You know, like right, right. Exactly. Um, so while they're talking, the ship is attacked by a Kalon sphere. Um, and I just, I love this attack. I just, I, I love the visuals of it. I love the lasers. I love the sound design of the Kalon lasers. Um, and, I love the uh, randomness of it too, because like, yeah, you know, it's like, I, I was not expecting the episode to just suddenly include, Oh, Hey, guess what? Now it's Kalon attack in the middle of what's going on you know, right. between Isaac and Charlie. But, you know, here again, we have that, that Hulu time, you know what I mean? So yeah. <laughs> I think that that's going to be like a running theme from now on is, you know, like we're just going to be tromping through the, you know, through the stars one day and boom, Kalon attack. Cause they're all over looking for, you know, yeah. anybody to destroy. Yes. Yes. And, uh, and I like this whole sequence. It's, it's very action packed and, uh, um, Ed orders the ship to this gas giant and they go into the atmosphere. It's very stormy. So the Kalon sphere doesn't follow them. It just kind of waits um, for the storms to destroy the orbital. And they come up with this plan to load a shuttle pod with plasma torpedoes. And they launch the pod, blow up the torpedo or yeah, blow up the, the, the shuttle pod. So it looks like the orbital has blown up um, and the Kalon's more pew pews. Yes. <laughs> um, There's new but, shuttles though as well. I mean, I know we just like literally loaded it full of torpedoes and just yeah. exploded it, but yeah. Well, and all of the torpedoes, I think they said like they, they, they put everything on there, which 
was a little concerning to me, but I guess they can always go back and get more. <laughs> um, but the, uh, the upshot of all that is that um, the, the damage from the attack has destabilized Isaac's memory storage cell. So if they're going to save him, they have to act fast. Ed orders Charlie to help, but she refuses, so he relieves her of duty. Um, and then the next scene is uh, in the mess hall, and Charlie's just kind of there drinking by herself, and Marcus comes in. Um, and uh, Charlie asks, like he, he, well, he asks Charlie to help Isaac. Um, and she asks him why, and Marcus says it's because he's the reason Isaac killed himself. And so there we got another great conversation about suicide here, um, where Charlie says, "Look, when somebody takes their own life, it's nobody's fault." And I love her um, her statement how it's human instinct to look for answers and make connections um, for things that seem pointless or are pointless, um, and but we just we're so driven to try to figure out why something happened or what the point of something is, even if there's not a point that we'll create a point for it and damage ourselves in the process. Um, so I just thought that was all really wise and insightful. Um, again, just really great writing on the show. Um, and at the end of the day though, Marcus just, his only response is like, I hated Isaac. I just didn't really want him to die. And, uh, as he leaves, you can just kind of see that Charlie is touched by that. Um, so I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? I'll be honest. I didn't, uh, I, I didn't read her as touched. So I'm, I'm glad you really? did. You know, well, like I, I just kind of read her as considering or uh, calculating that into her fourth dimensional visualization. <laughs> <laughs> sort of including that in her, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't actually get touched, so I'm, I'm, I appreciate that you say that because that makes more sense now because, you know, it, here we are going to roll into the next scene where, you know, she kind of comes yeah. around or comes to her senses kind of thing for, you know, Marcus and all. But, like, it's it still made me think. I was like, well, why did she do that? She just kind of looked like she was pondering it a minute ago. And I, yeah. I guess Marcus really must have moved her. But touched, I, I guess I could see that that's definitely where that came from. Well, and maybe I'm projecting a little bit, but I I felt like I saw something in her eyes where she was she softened, not towards Isaac at all, but towards Marcus. Um, that well, that's the great was, thing about all of this is that's that's I think that's kind of what they wanted, you know, like yeah. the multiple perspectives. They want everybody to see what they see, um, right. and then we're supposed to come on here and share it and <laughs> make some sense out of it between the you know the rest of us or anybody out there. You know, I've seen some great Twitter discussions. Um, mm. pop up because of this uh, this episode. Very cool. Very cool. So yeah, then we have a great graphic sequence of like basically it's Isaac's internal systems powering up again and you just like see these lights and shapes and stuff as it starts to come back. And then we're in engineering and uh, we have Charlie there helping to get him back up and running. And at the end of the scene, like Isaac's very confused about, first of all, how is he alive? Um, but also why did Charlie, um, help him? Like Ed tells him that Charlie's responsible and Isaac Gasser explained. And all she says is I didn't do it for you. And she leaves. So, um, yeah, which I like, I like that, it, it, you know, she, she never comes around on Isaac 
in this episode. Maybe she will, maybe she won't as the series progresses, but, um, but she did it for Marcus. For right now she's Annie, she's Annie Isaac. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so again, I don't know, just any, any other thoughts on Charlie? Yeah, you got any thoughts? I feel like uh, I feel like I'm, you know, overexcited fan here, so I'm sort of like <laughs> talking a lot. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no you're, it's, it's great. It's absolutely great. Um, yeah, there's yeah. there's a lot of depth, a lot of depth of the character, and I I can't wait to explore more of that and see where her character goes over the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love her. I think I think the way she came out of the gate was just it was fantastic. It was really it sort of woke me up. It's like, okay, this is what we're going to be into uh, uh, this season here. But, uh, you know, I, I'm sure there's a lot of people that share her opinion and there's others that share, you know, sort of mine. And there's others that have an altogether uh, different experience with this. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's just great to see a show that makes you really kind of think. Um, but you're right. She didn't feel bound to do a thing for Isaac. So she she's still at the end of this episode extremely against Isaac. This was all for Marcus, honestly. Right. Right. Yeah. And I love how she sticks to her guns. I love how, you know, she, she stands by her convictions and even if it's, it costs her her job at one point, like she, I think Ed doesn't want to fire her. So when she decides to comply, even though her reasons aren't what he would want them to be, um, you know, he's going to, he's going to let her off the hook and let her keep her job, but she was willing Being to be a good captain's all about though. Right. You know, it right. doesn't always have to be what, how you wanted or how exactly how you liked it, but yeah, about building a good crew and seeing the right way through, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was fantastic. Absolutely. Fantastic. Uh, performance by Ann winners. I mean, it was, it was rather incredible to see a character introduced so strongly. And then still, like I said, by the end of the episode, Still stuck in her same convictions, but you know mm-hmm. she had that one small piece of information that altered her uh, opinion and her decision. Right, right. Then we get a... to... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, at least she's loyal to Marcus. You know, she's got she feels some loyalty to uh, to the crew. Otherwise, right, right. Then we have another powerful scene um, in sick bay as Claire interviews Isaac and uh, she's trying to make sure he's not going to try to kill himself again. Um, and we get Isaac's perspective on all of this that uh, where he says that his deactivation was intended to restore crew efficiency by removing a great source of distress, uh, meaning himself. Um, and this is something else I loved about, Mark Jackson's interview, um, Joe, when you were talking to him, because he he talked about how this decision that Isaac made to remove himself um, in this episode was really no different from um, the decision he made last season, mm-hmm. and it was you know the, the the consequences are very different, and we as viewers. Uh, see the difference, but Isaac doesn't necessarily see it. Um, and so I think Claire is right to be concerned that he, he might try it again because um, why wouldn't he, if it's, if it's logical to him, then why wouldn't he, why wouldn't he make that decision again? Um, but she's able to convince him that the damage to the crew would be greater if he succeeded in taking his own life. 
Um, and again, I just, I love this conversation. I love the wisdom of what they say that, um, she, she tells him like in his, well, he says in his calculations, he didn't account for the possibility that the crew's feelings about him could change over time. He says, I didn't apply that data as it's unavailable at this time. And she says, that's the whole point. Um, and I like this quote. She says, people who try to take their own lives are unable to distinguish the future from the present. There's no problem so immense that it can't be solved in time. And, uh, um, and then another great little interaction, Isaac asks how soon he should be able to notice the change in the crew. And Claire says, it's a lot harder to hate from up close, which I think is just profound. Absolutely. And I love that quote so much because it, it, it truly is. And we're, we're kind of lost in that, you know, in our modern style of communication, you know, mm-hmm. I know we're kind of doing it now over a podcast, but at least it's better than, you know, just standard text messages or something. You know, you, you lose a lot of that connection, a lot of that, that uh, humanization, really, like, you know, seeing somebody as a, as a human being uh, across, you know, what we do now. Um, but that, that, that is an incredibly profound uh, quote there. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Really makes you think. And very, yeah. very appropriate to the times we are in. <laughs> right. It's so easy to hate somebody when you're just on, you know, you're looking at your computer screen, and you're reading what they wrote, and so you respond in the same way. Um, but, uh, you know, when, when you actually get to know somebody who is different from you, um, it's so much harder. It, it, it'll change your perspective on a lot of issues when you actually just know somebody who, um, you know, is, who is different from you. Absolutely. Yeah. And you'll end up finding connections that you never knew existed. I mean, I find Absolutely. it's a lot hard. It's a lot, much, much more effort to hate than it is just to, you know, open mm-hmm. up and just listen, have a little bit of empathy. And then you might find something you like in people that you never thought you would. Right. 100%. Um, and I love how during all this conversation, this is another just kind of great bit of acting um, by, by Mark Jackson. And, but also just the way that it's shot, we, we get this kind of profile close up shot of him as Claire's, you know, she's telling him like, if you have these thoughts in the future, come and talk to me. And just like the way that, Mark's posture is like, he's kind of leaning forward. Like his, his neck is kind of leaning forward. Um, and, uh, like he's really listening to her, but he doesn't, you know, he's not like cocking his head at an angle or anything like that, but he just, I don't know, just something about the way, um, that's all shot the way he does it. It just, he seems very kind of vulnerable. Um, as if he's just, everything she's telling him is really sinking in. And uh, then the last scene is uh, back in Isaac's lab and Isaac is working and Marcus looks in on him. Um, Isaac doesn't see Marcus, but um, again, just this fantastic acting by BJ Tanner where he, he looks at Isaac. He can tell that he's glad that Isaac's alive and he, he looks like he wants to say something, but he changes his mind and he, he just, he leaves, um, which I think, the way I read that scene is, you know, he's glad Marcus is alive, but he's still really angry at him. And he's, he's not able to just kind of forgive him and go have a conversation. Like he's, he's gonna, he's gonna need some time. There's like, there's no easy wrap ups um, in this episode, which 
has been the case for the whole show, really. Like we don't, <laughs> it, the show does not, is not interested in tying up these very big complicated issues and, and neat little bows at the end of each episode. Which I think no, is definitely funny. not. It leaves, it definitely leaves like a, a serious like lead into another episode or even later in the season. I mean, if, as we've seen it, it can come as late as the next season. Um, <laughs> but we've got a lot of stories to finish up here that are still, you know, left over. And this was one of the major ones was, you know, how is the crew dealing with sort of, you know, Isaac's fallout. And like you said, Marcus is, is certainly at the point where he, he needs more time. He needs, he needs to sort of figure out how this is going to work again mm -hmm. um, with him being around. Yeah. I can't wait to see that. I can't wait to see how Dr. Finn processes all of this. Like now that she, you know, kind of realizes her feelings for him are still there. Okay. What does she do with that? Like that's the, right. And I mean, at the end story. of the day though, Isaac is still like a killing machine. You know, when Lamar <laughs> took the memory chip out of his head, we saw that that was confirmed. We never knew. We never knew if Isaac had guns, right? I don't think we ever saw the head come open uh -huh. for, for Isaac's head. You know what I mean? Maybe the other Kalon heads, but I don't know that we ever saw he, that he actually had visual confirmation of the guns, but it certainly looked like it there. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he's still he's still a killing machine with upgraded armor, it looks like. <laughs> so he's ready to, he's... Yeah, yeah. Now I want to see him, like, go into battle, you know, on the good guy's side. Oh, that'd absolutely. Be, be really I want to see his head come off and just start flying around. Just, <laughs> 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 like the rest of them at the end of this, uh, season two, that was... Oh, the whole another aspect of the Kalon is like you've already got a, a killing machine and now you can make it fly. Oh, yeah. That's the worst day ever. Oh, <laughs> <sighs> all right, Joe, I'm done. What an episode! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, hey, guys. I know I'm, I'm certainly extended that one a little bit, but oh, uh, no, no, hey, you know, long, uh, longer. Longer run times equals well longer run times. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, I really appreciate you guys having me on. That's for sure. It's yeah, a pleasure. Yeah. So, it, this is an honor for me. I mean, it's an absolute honor. So we uh, we've got no news really this week. <laughs> I guess uh, you know find out uh, who then will be interviewed. The Orville is back. I mean, that's the that's the biggest news. We're back, yeah, baby. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's that is the biggest news. Uh, hopefully, we'll be bringing news of a season four renewal. But uh, so yeah, next week, um, check us out for episode two, just Shadow Realms. So, will we have uh, a mirror universe? Will everyone have goatees? I I don't. Know. <laughs> I want to see Isaac in a goatee. Oh my. <laughs> Uh, I really want to see this can complete the full, you know, Fu Manchu now. Right. 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 Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so um, we're going to put a, uh, uh, a link to different uh, suicide hotline resources around the, around the world. And it's kind of impossible to click a link over audio. So, and I, I don't want to spend the next uh, another hour, um, here extending this to read off phone numbers. Um, but, uh, you know, check our description for the episode. And if, uh, if you need a resource, 
find it through there or uh, or any other number of searches or otherwise. Um, yeah. So, um, silly, somber episodes. <laughs> hey, Lavis, you want me to throw that in there? You know, we can <laughs> liven yeah, it up a little bit there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited for these, this, these Krill episodes. I am, uh, I'm, I'm going to be beside myself on Twitter. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Twitter, uh, if you're not already go follow us there. I mean, really, what? Why aren't you already doing that? Seriously, but, um, yeah, it's uh, Planetary underscore Union on Facebook. Just search for Planetary Union Network. Instagram is also Planetary Union Network. We're we're really really stretching for uh, originality with our name here. <laughs> but um, <laughs> and uh, also have a website which doesn't get a lot of love. And it's planetaryunion.net. And, um, so every, I say every season, I, th- this is now the third, but you know, every season so far in the first episode, we've come up with the tagline based on something in that episode. The, uh, the, the first one we were, we were, we were saying a combination of, uh, like the, you got wood and happy Arbor day stuff. Um, and then season two was Jaloja, obviously. And it was a long Jaloja. Um, but, uh, I thought we would have one come out of this episode, but we haven't yet. Are we? Are so. we not going to go with Unc Smash? Is that what? Is that what we're? Uh, that I what like what we're for. I think maybe Unc, Unc Smash. I, I like Unc Smash. That <laughs> yeah. gets my vote. At least for now, maybe we'll maybe uh, episode two will give us something uh, a little bit more tangible then. Yeah, it, it could. It, it it could. I if the teaser is anything, we might get one out. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Watch with the lights is- off, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So I guess until next time, Monk Smash. <laughs> <laughs> Monk Smash. Monk Smash. <laughs>